you know what this is, right? This is Newton's cradle, man. This is like my favorite thing. Check it out. You swing one ball, you got one ball out Newton's the other cradle. side. Yes. You're, if you can't see what we're talking about, it's that where you have the balls that are hanging in the middle that are hanging and you drop one and it hits them and they swing back and forth, basically. Yeah, and I'm I playing would. with my balls right now. Look, you swing yeah, four balls. Yeah, definitely. A, this is a G-rated podcast. He's not yeah. playing with his balls. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Scott Peckford here. Today on the show, I have Joe Tromboli. Joe is a mortgage broker based out of the GTA. Been in the business since 1999 and averages about 50 mil a year, running a very efficient business. But what's super cool about Joe is that he actually has this thing called the Wake Up Call, which is a daily mindset program and it's very inexpensive and I love what he's doing and so a couple things about this conversation first Joe admits that he basically was stuck at like 90,000 a year in income for like 15 or 16 years and could never seem to get past it and it wasn't until he had a mindset shift he personally invested in some mindset coaching with a guy named Bob Proctor completely transformed his life and his mindset and that of course transformed his business And I say this all the time in our coaching program and in the coaching programs that I've been in, mindset is absolutely critical. I guess I'm sort of shocked that it's so under talked about and underdeveloped because it is really literally the secret sauce. If you get the mindset right, everything else goes easier. And if you don't get it right, no strategy, no tactic, no tool is going to actually work for you anyway. And so I think that mindset is actually one of these things that people just seem to neglect and Joe has completely transformed even just talking to him you can tell the guy's a smart dude and so he talks about that he started this thing called the wake up call and basically 5 30 a.m five days a week you can jump into a group call with Joe and they go through books that can transform your thinking but then he helps connect the dots in your daily life if you want to check out a special offer from Joe that he has for his wake up call go to joetromboli.com and use coupon code Peckford 30 that's 30 for a 30-day free trial check it out and uh, I guarantee you that focusing on mindset is going to make a huge difference in your mortgage business and just life in general hey in today's ask the expert segment I talked to Paul Campbell from Magenta about rural and small center lending before we jump into this episode I want to give a shout out to my title sponsor Finmo Finmo is a Canadian mortgage application document collection submission platform that is incredibly easy to use easy for borrowers and also easy for brokers it's got some cool features like smart docs so as the client's filling out the application it's already figuring out exactly what documents that you need It's got smart submission notes, so when you get ready to submit that to a lender, it's actually pulling key data from the application and putting in the notes. And you may think, Scott, why do you need that? It's because every lender's underwriting platform is different. Finding the information in the application is always like all over the place, and so this way you have one place for your notes, which is awesome. It's connected to Lender Spotlight, which means you can search rates and guidelines, and it's just incredibly easy. Our brokers absolutely love it. And the best part is there's no subscription fee. Best next step would be to go to lendesk.com slash Finmo and book a free strategy session and they'll show you how this can help you save tons of time. Check it out. Hey, Joe, welcome to the show. Thanks, Scott. Great to be here, man. So we've got something that you do that's pretty cool called the Wake Up Call. And I'm going to talk about that. But before I do, I want to just talk a little bit about your mortgage business because you're a mortgage broker by trade, you're still a mortgage broker, but you're doing this new thing. So tell me a little bit about when did you get into the mortgage business? How did you get here? Let's start there. I got into the mortgage business probably much the same way as most other people. It wasn't something I was aspiring to or looking to become when I was in school. I was still finding my way. I was a licensed mechanic. I was working at the shop and I had a realtor come in 
And I was considering becoming a realtor. And he said, why don't you look at becoming a mortgage broker? That was back in 1999. Wow. Uh, yeah. So he hooked me up and I was like, I have no experience. I've never worked in a bank. I know nothing about mortgages. But he said, that, oh, don't worry about it. I'll get you a meeting with somebody at CIBC Mortgages at the time. He's still a friend of mine today, Bruno. And yeah. And then, you know, it was more of a sales position is what I learned, I guess, over the long run. And um, it took me a long time before I even told anybody that I was a mortgage agent. But that was 22 years ago now. Okay, so 22 years. And then where's your market? Where's your primary market? And which company with? I'm in the GTA. I'm in Toronto. I'm in Etobicoke. I'm now with the mortgage center. So a couple of years after being with CIBC, I think by 2001, I decided to become a mortgage agent. Currently in the GTA, Toronto, and I'm with the mortgage center. Okay, so tell me about your team structure. Do you have like a bunch of agents work for you? Do you just have a team that works in your files? What is your setup for your own personal business? No, it's just me. And I have my full-time underwriter, Claudia. She's been phenomenal. It was a long journey for me to get to any kind of, I guess, above average results in the mortgage business. It was 16 years. I was getting sort of mediocre or less than average results, really. And it wasn't until about 2015, 2016, I started to change the way I was thinking. I changed my mindset. And then that led me to, you know, doing more volume, doing things I wasn't ever doing before eventually hiring somebody sort of on a per deal basis that gave me the confidence to hire somebody full-time. Yeah. And, you know, I was listening to your podcast with Jim Terlakis and um, I think your question to him was, how did you make sure the wheels didn't fall off? And you know what? You don't, right. You figure right. it out. I think that's part of the process of becoming better at what you do. And in that process, I built the confidence to hire somebody full-time. So she's been with me for a couple of years. She runs the show. She's in the office every day and uh, killing it. Okay. So when you said below average results for 16 years, so what was that for you? Oh my God. So probably for the first 10 years, I don't think I made more than 50 grand. I had all the excuses, all the reasons, you know, if there's no such thing as bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. And then eventually, slowly, I probably, you know, got closer to 80, 90. If that's what you're asking, I don't know if that's what you're yeah, asking. Yeah, I, I think it's good to quantify, not because. No, who number, cares about the numbers, but yeah. yeah but, so you know where I was at, right? Yeah, I just want to see where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. So 2015, I think the most I had ever made was probably 90 or 100. And then and, you said you had a mindset shift. So did you go to like a Tony Robbins event? Like your thing is called wake up call. What yeah. was your wake up call? to make that shift. Cause here's the thing, like we run a coaching Academy and we do mindset coaching every week. Like people don't realize how important mindset is. We can give you the best tactics and strategies, but if your mindset is not dialed in, you will not do it. It's like, yeah. it is useless to you. So for you, what was the thing that made the shift start to happen in 2015? Well, there were many, right? I think I probably had a few wake up calls during that time. Most of them I chose to ignore. One thing I heard, it was what you don't fix your kids inherit. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I felt that one. And at that time, I'd been married for, I guess, 14, 15 years. I had a three, four-year-old daughter and twins that were one. And by that time, you know, I had yelled at my three-year-old daughter a couple of times and then feel bad about it afterwards. Or you just, you don't know that your actions always match your intention. So when I heard that, it really sort of grabbed me. And I think to answer you, I had been to some of the seminars and some of the events, right? Like MCC is a great at bringing in, uh, well, I guess most of these high sales functioning companies bring in speakers. And, you know, we've had John Asraf, we had Darren Hardy, we had probably Todd Duncan. So over the years, I heard a lot of this kind of thing. And what I now understand, and I think it'll probably lead us into 
your other question is mindset is like physical health. You know, it's mind health. And what we don't realize is that we got to exercise it every single day. I think the trouble is one, we don't understand what the heck that means. We don't know how to exercise it. We don't understand what it means when people say to invest in yourselves, like all the big guys, that's their advice, right? Invest in yourself. And what I did, I invested in myself, but more so through study and time. And then I enrolled in a program that really gave me like an organized way to sort out my thinking. But what was happening basically was every day I was showing up and learning more, right. uh, understanding more and practicing what these quotes tell you to do and what, you know, the advice that we're given. I think what happens is we go to these workshops, we go to these seminars, they can plant a seed, but then we go out and we're reacting to everything outside of us again, right? We're not doing any thinking, we're not doing any evaluating, we're not being intentional. Mm -hmm. And so it's really learning to respond and not react, living intentionally, setting goals, achieving goals, understanding that there's a lawful process, knocking down paradigms and limiting beliefs and adjusting the self-image. Like there's so much. Yeah. So I think what I discovered was the repetition is what's necessary to make these concepts, these philosophies stick and for us to start living by some of these ideas and embody them. And I started to see results in my life. And you know what? It didn't come as a direct result of mortgage training. It came as a result of me sorting out my own thinking and starting to focus on different things, taking different actions. Right. So it was a mindset shift. So then, okay, what happened to your business? You started to invest in getting coaching mindset. As they say, when the student is ready, the master will appear. So like, this is me too. They'll walk past you in life and you're just like, ah, whatever. I know what that is. And then only when you're ready, will it actually make sense? So you were ready, but what happened to your business from 2015 onward? Like, what's it look like today? Well, now I'm at 50 million in volume. I don't speak to many clients. I don't speak to many referral sources. So I'm working less in the mortgage business and earning more than I ever have. But, you know, that's, I guess we'll call it the finished results or day 12, is it 1200, I guess, somewhere around there versus day 30, right? And we tend to compare ourselves, our day seven to somebody else's day 700. And But going back, I think one of the first things I realized was that we need a goal. I had never set a goal before. My perception of things, my beliefs were so distorted. I mean, listen, I had cancer. I was 20 or 21 years old. I was broke when I was 33. I had lent a pile of money to family and that just didn't go the way I wanted. What I never realized was that I had a choice and I was hundred percent responsible for my life. Right. And I think what we don't understand is what that means is, you know, you're exactly where you're at because of what you've been thinking about or you're one hundred percent you made up to this point. Yeah, we give away our power when we blame other people. Like, so one of the worst things you can do is be like, "Well, it's the economy, it's my ex, it's my dad relationship, it's my insert whatever," and yeah. then you give away your power and your agency, and now you can't actually like you can't even begin to solve it. So everybody that I've ever talked to who's made a massive shift, they take ownership first. It's, yeah. It sounds like you did, so you took ownership of this. So that led you to create something which is super cool called the wake up call. So why don't you tell me our listeners what that is and sort of how that's evolved over time. So where was the idea for this? So in 2017, like I said, that program that I had enrolled in is called Thinking Into Results. And so my mentor is Bob Proctor. He's gone now. But one of the things he used to say is you got to study every day. And so long story short, I ended up facilitating this program and enrolling three of my buddies good buddies into the program. So we're kind of going through it together. 
And I suggested we get up in the morning and read together for about 15, 20 minutes, and then we'll spend the rest of the time discussing, you know, what we got from what we read that morning. So it was like a little mastermind. It was something was precious. Nobody was allowed in the dynamic. I didn't want to mess with it. And so we were running that call for a couple of years and story is really long, but I'm going to fast forward to about the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. Actually, 2019, I was asked to speak in Cancun, Mexico at one of the Mortgage Center conferences. And that was my first talk regarding mindset, really my first talk ever, really. It was the first nudge towards this direction, you know, like what I feel is now my purpose is sharing this information. And I remember thinking I wanted to share this information with people all over the world. And so when I got back from that talk in Mexico, there was some encouragement and a little bit of a push for me to do a workshop, getting more into detail with some of the things I was speaking about. So I held a workshop. It was September of 2019. And at the end of the workshop, because here's the thing, Scott, I knew that people were going to leave. You know, they heard what they heard. People got major breakthroughs. It was fantastic. I was happy for them. But I knew that unless they carried on every day, that it would just kind of fizzle, right? Like we've all been to those seminars all oh, this time. I'm going to kill it. Or, you know, yeah. you hear something, you hear a talk. Oh yeah, this, oh, I got it now. And then two weeks later, you forget what the hell you heard. Right. Yeah. So I heard the words come off my tongue and it was an invitation to the people that were in the room to come and join us on this wake up call. <laughs> and it was something I would never have invited people to. Cause like I said, it was it was, into, it, was like, it was like your thing. It was your time. Yeah, it was like my brotherhood, man. Yeah. It was like the four yeah. of us, our little mastermind. And from that, I think three or four people came on. It opened my mind to maybe allowing more people because those people started asking if they can bring people. And so it was a really organic push to about 17 people in a short period of time. And I was like, you know, the trick is study. This is like a daily gym for the mind. Going to these seminars occasionally or a workshop occasionally is like a boot camp, right? If I don't work out every day and I go to a boot camp, I'm only going to feel the pain and probably not grow much from it. But if I'm working out every day and then, you know, once in a while I hit a boot camp, it's the gains that I'm getting on the daily workouts that are going to improve my life. And that's exactly what started to happen. I started to see some of the results people were getting. And so I decided to open it up to a Zoom call and I felt like I was onto something that was revolutionary. You know how expensive coaching could be, not that it's worth every dime. I think like if I was to look back and I'm sure the people that have, if they've taken your coaching program or any coaching program that's rooted in mindset. If I think back to where I'd be, if I hadn't invested in myself, like at the time it was all the money in the world when I purchased the coaching that I purchased. Right. Yeah. But if I look back now, holy, how expensive would it be in my life? If I hadn't invested that. Right. So there's the use value and then there's the actual what you get from it value, right? Like, so when you're on it every day, you're starting to hear through repetition certain ideas that get programmed into you that you start yeah. to live by. The same way you learn to drive a car, the same way you learn to walk and talk and even the language, way we, everything is, yeah. It's everything repetition. is repetition, yeah. right? So I said, this is an opportunity for people to come on every single day for an hour and feed their mind, understand things, get the repetition, community, have people, you know, Les Brown calls it OQP, only quality people, because you know what it's like when you're grow and you feel like you're an outcast almost with the rest of the world because they're looking at you going, 
dude, why don't you relax, right? Come and have another 17 beers or something. Yeah, slow down. Um, what are you doing? What's your problem? Yeah, because they don't want you to prove them wrong. They don't want you to take responsibility for your life. They love having the alibi for where they're at to justify where they're at in their lives, right? Yeah. So to have a community like that, a like-minded people, people who are looking to grow, people who are talking about things that are relevant, important conversations, sharing their own experiences, we can now connect the dots between what they're saying in the book and our lives and our business, our relationships. It really quickly started to become, um, well, for one, it was the most fulfilling work I had ever done, but I started to discover it as my purpose. And I think purpose is something we uncover. And things started to change for me in the mortgage business when I changed the way I was looking at the mortgage business. I used to hate the mortgage business, man. Like for 10 years, I was probably with one foot out the door complaining about the referral sources and how they don't respect your time and how crappy clients are that they'll drop you for five basis points and like all the complaints that you probably hear a lot of mortgage brokers talk about, right? The underwriters and the turnaround time and how they favor people that are doing volume and all the stuff. What I didn't understand is I was giving energy to what I didn't want. And the only thing that can grow, Emerson said this, the only thing that can grow is that which you give energy to. Right. So, you know what? I started to look, I started to put some things in place. Like I think the first thing mortgage agents should do, realtors, any commission-based transactional type of salespeople should do is create their store policy. You walk into any store, Costco, Walmart, Home Depot, Metro, whatever, they've got their hours of operation. They've got an employee manual somewhere. They got their policies and procedures, right? So I started to create a client journey. I spent 16 years in a business and I didn't have a simple client journey. I didn't have a checklist where I knew that everything was going to get done consistently. I was always feeling like I was going to drop the ball, right? Who I wasn't getting back to. What I didn't understand at the time is as I started to do those things, I started to develop confidence and increase my value. And then when you start to understand the laws of the universe, you're always going to get paid what you're worth. So as I started to increase my value, I started to recognize, you know what? My value is not in the five basis points. It's in how I communicate. It's in my follow-ups and my consistency and how the deal never falls apart and how I, you know, touch base and reach out, keep everybody in the loop. It's the client journey, how things happen at a certain time above and beyond what most people are willing to do. And because I did those things, it allowed me to get to a point where I understood it's not that people needed Joe Tromboli. They needed Joe Tromboli's standards, Joe Tromboli's processes, right? Joe's communication. So if I could train somebody to deliver that, it would give me more time to do what I loved. And that was coaching people. So I started to spend less time in the mortgage business, more time in the wake up call associated type of stuff, activities and things, doing this kind of thing, talking with great guys like you. And I discovered that it was a change in perception. I had to change the way I was looking at the mortgage business. I became grateful for it. Where else can you work? Make your own hours, make as much money as we do. We get paid very well. Yeah. Right. Work with incredible people. And you realize that the people that you were once looking up at when you were down in the lower income brackets, they're not sitting around talking negative and complaining about things. It's great conversation. They're talking about what's possible. They're looking forward to what's to come, right? They're looking for the opportunity. They're taking ownership. They're one million for their situation. And, you know, it's a totally different mindset. I agree with you on that. I've spent a lot of money on coaching in the last five years. And honestly, my only regret is not doing it sooner. 
Me too. And I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on coaching and it's been worth every flip and nickel because for me, it's the biggest thing. And I learned a bunch of technical things and tactical things and strategy things. It all pales in comparison to the ability now to develop a mindset and maintain that mindset. You know, I have a morning routine that I go through every single day. Like, you know, and what you're talking about is you basically created a morning routine for people to help them do this. You're doing it in community, even more powerful. You know, it's more powerful to do. It's like going to a group fitness class versus working out by yourself. So I think it's genius. So tell me a little bit about it's sort of evolved over time. So you basically it's you've got a West Coast call. You've got an East Coast or Central call, like a Toronto call. What time in the morning do people typically show up? And then I want you to tell me some stories of people that have been uh, coming to this kind of impact this pad. Yeah, so it's a 5.30 a.m. So the call starts, I call it the 5 a.m. club, right? The 5 a.m. wake up call. So people come on as early as five o'clock. They journal, they write their goal out, they meditate, whatever they settle in. They may plan their day. Like one of the most effective things that I've learned to incorporate into my day is to identify six things you're going to do every day that'll move you closer to your goals or just write six things that you're going to do. Yeah. And that alone, like that one activity will change your life, right? When mm-hmm. you start knocking, you prioritize it, have number one on the list. You don't go to number two until number one's done. So you're not always reacting anyway. Some people come on as early as five, but the call officially kicks off at 5.30 Eastern time. And then again at 5.30 Pacific time. So if it's too early for the people in the West to get on at 5.30, they get on the 8.30 Eastern, which is 5.30 Pacific. I don't have a later time, but there's something magical about that time in the morning, right? Like you're up before you're getting involved in your phone or your emails or your texts or before anybody needs you in there. So it's an opportunity for your kids aren't running around. If you've got kids at home, you know, there's a lot of distractions that happen once you get past 730 in the morning. Yeah. And all the good books, all the good guys will say, you got to live from the inside out, right? Well, if you look at what happens in the morning, you're immediately starting to react to the outside world, your alarm clock, the kids got to go to school and you know, your partner needs something. There's all this stuff happening, drawing you outside of yourself. So it's a special time in the morning where you can actually be with yourself, right? And start to create the energy that you need. So we read for about 20 minutes. I'll have about 10 volunteers raise their hand. I'll call on them. They'll read a paragraph, say pass. Right now we're reading Think and Grow Rich, the most phenomenal personal development book ever written yep. Napoleon Hill. And one. as we're reading, I'm highlighting some of the things that are coming up in the book and I'll elaborate on them. I'll connect those ideas to our lives, how they affect our business, our professional life, our personal lives. And so people are having breakthroughs because they're hearing things in a way that, you know, I've had a lot of people read books that we've read on the call and they'll say, you know, I couldn't read the book. I didn't know what the heck the book was saying, but reading it on the call, now you're understanding it. So we read books to understand them, not to finish it. Like I think most people we've kind of gotten into the habit to read books like we're adding a notch to our belt. Like, oh, I've read 20 books or I read that book. I read this book. What? So what? Yeah. yeah. Right. If you're not living it, if you're not understanding it, if you're not embodying some, at least one of the ideas that you're getting from the book, you might as well not have read the book because it's all about awareness. Mm-hmm. And what you were saying before, actually, I want to touch on this real quick. Like you, I had engaged in all kinds of coaching, like mortgage coaching, but do this, here's the scripts, make this many calls, this is how you organize your files, all like the doing stuff, right? 
And what I realized, and the thing that makes your coaching program so effective too, is you incorporate the mindset. The mindset is the foundation for you to build upon. If you don't know why you're not doing the things you know you should, because we all know how to do better. Like if you're a mortgage broker listening to this call, you know how to do better. We said, do you come up with five things that you could do to improve your business? You could come up with five things. Absolutely. Your problem is why are you not doing them? (laughs) And if anybody puts up a fight, oh, you know, the market's down 30%, well, increase your activity by 30%. Like there's nothing anybody can say to you or I that will say, oh, you're right. Yeah, you know, you might as well just stay in bed, right? Like, so there's a knowing doing gap. The knowing exists in our conscious mind. We know if I do these things, I'm going to make more money. But why aren't we doing it? And the mindset part starts to uncover the reasons why you're not doing it, why you're not taking action. You know, for me, it's becoming aware of certain laws. Like I'm now supported by some additional knowledge, some awareness that I've got through reading, through studying myself like this. You know what this is, right? This is Newton's cradle, man. This is like my favorite thing. Check it out. You swing one ball, you got one ball out Newton's the other cradle, side. Yes. If you can't see what we're talking about, it's that where you have the balls that are hanging in the middle that are hanging and you drop one and it, hits them and they swing back and forth basically yeah and i'm playing with my balls right now like you're swinging yeah, four balls. yeah definitely a, this is a g-rated podcast he's not yeah. playing with his balls he's playing with his yeah, balls. the newton's cradles it's called newton's cradle so if you want to look it up if you put i don't know one ball worth of effort into something you're gonna get one ball back when i didn't understand this law i would write off my results to i was unlucky or I was put here to struggle no matter what I do, I don't get the results. But what I didn't realize, if I was working hard, I was swinging four balls in the wrong area. I was swinging four balls reacting to what everybody else needed, right? And actually, I heard you on a podcast sharing, I think it was your paramedic supervisor, the guy that gave you that one bit of advice, man. That was golden because there I am so emotionally involved with saving the day and being there for every single phone call, responding to every text within a fraction of a second. Yeah. Wanting to save the day, but that's all reactionary, right? Like that's all reacting. How much time are we spending working on our business? So yeah, it felt like I was working hard, but when you look at that, that's a law. It's called cause and effect. What you put out, you're going to get back. So if I only put so much into building my business, how could I expect to get so much out? If I was only putting so much effort into generating leads and meeting new referral sources, how would I expect to do more business? Right. You could be the best mortgage broker in the world with an incredible art for doing deals. But if you're not generating leads, you know, it's not going to take you very far. So there's that knowing doing gap. We know we should be doing We know what we shouldn't be doing, but we're doing it anyways. Yeah. So backing the knowing part with why you're not doing it. Now I understand. It's not that I'm unlucky. If I actually exert the effort and pay the price over here, I'm going to get what I'm paying for. So I will do the thing that I know I should be doing. It could be a self-image thing, believing that you're going to get the result, right? It could be um, you're resentful about something. You're holding on to something. The deal that fell apart three days ago and the commission that you were expecting to get determine the vibration you're going to move into, how you're going to behave. Like our thoughts cause us to feel a certain way. And then we act according to the way we're feeling. So if you keep thinking about the deal that fell apart, what kind of energy are you going to have? How motivated will you be to go and get more deals? Right. right to give the best service you're capable of 
versus, hey, that happened. There's a lesson I learned. I could have communicated differently. I could have said this or that. I could have been proactive. I could have had a checklist. Whatever it is, there's lessons. Yeah. And I think that's what we touched on before. When the wheels fall off, you have to go through that in order to get better. Yeah. Most people just get stuck on the fact that the wheels fell off. Yeah, 100%. So you've got these two different calls that you do, and it's five days a week, right? Just so... Yeah, Monday to Friday. Friday. I've added master classes on Saturdays. Yeah. They're right now at 9 a.m. on Saturdays, so it'll be 6 a.m. for the West. Eventually, I'm going to move those to 11, but right now, 6 a.m. in the West, 9 a.m. in the Eastern time zone, and we always announce those when they're going to happen. I am adding a mastermind, a monthly mastermind. So members of the community will break out groups of six to eight people. They'll share a win really quick, and then they'll share an ask. So maybe you want some advice on, and it could be anything. It could be a personal matter. It could be a business-related matter. But the idea is that we go around the six to eight people, each in their individual breakout rooms, and the person gets five minutes to state their ask, and the group has whatever time is left in those five minutes to answer and provide some guidance. So if it takes me a minute and a half to state my ask, the group has three and a half minutes to give me some guidance. You'd be surprised what comes in those three and a half minutes. So Monday to Friday, 5.30 a.m., we're off the call. I try to keep it close to an hour. It never happens. We tend to go to like an hour and 15 minutes. So 6.45, we're off. We've got the master classes bi-weekly on Saturdays. We've got the monthly mastermind class. Yeah. I've got community events. I think it's amazing. And it shocks me that, you know, this hasn't been implemented more into the mortgage business. Like, so one of the things that we do, Joe, is we actually have a mindset coach. So when we bring on a new agent, not only do we do group mindset calls every week, we actually give them mindset coaching throughout their, especially their first hundred days. Cause we know that this is where they're going through the valley of the shadow of death. Like, Oh my gosh, I'm freaking out is, can I do this? Do I have what it takes? What all these things that they're going through the challenge and the tactic and strategy is fantastic, but without the mindset, you just, I think of it this way. The, the tactic and strategy is like, you know, you can have a Ferrari and it can be good stuff, but the mindset's the gas. And if you don't put gas in it, that car will sit in the garage. You'll be like, ah, that car is no good. It's like, no, you didn't put any gas in it, you know, and especially premium fuel, not crap fuel which is yeah. very expensive right now, by the way. <laughs> but if you put premium fuel in that car, now you can get the benefits of that car. And yeah. so this is what we've in tuned or I've realized from being coached that it's always about mindset, number one. So if somebody's listening to this, they're like, man, this sounds awesome. Where do I go? So like, I'm telling you guys right now, if you don't have a consistent mindset morning routine, you should go check out what Joe's doing and join his group, join his community. So where would they go do that, Joe? joetrimboli.com and sign up for the wake up call. There's a one week free trial. Anybody that uses Peckford as I think a discount code. We'll yeah, them, if you have, that's cool. If you have some kind of discount code for them. Yeah. One month in the West as a trial period, just because, you know, I ran the call for free for about two years. We were talking about this earlier, giving and receiving men, what you get back when you're giving or when you're explaining things is incredible. It's uh, the opposite side of the same thing. Right. But yeah, joeltrimboli.com, sign up for the wake-up call. You get a free trial, and then you decide whether it's working for you or not. But don't let the paradigm stop you. You know, it's cool. You reference like the car. You can have a Formula One car, same thing, and put a governor on it, right? 
whether it's bad gas or having a governor that limits the speed it can travel at. I'd like to think of it, I think it was Earl Nightingale, Napoleon Hill too. It says your mind is like a garden. It'll return to you whatever you plant in it. Yeah. And the thing with seeds, when you decide what seeds you want to plant, that's like our goal. You know, a goal is a thought seed. And we have to plant those seeds. And then we got to care for the seeds, give it energy, give it water, till the soil, pluck out the weeds, rip off the suckers, right, that grow on the vine so it doesn't drain energy from the actual fruit. And we got to understand our mind is exactly like the earth. It doesn't care what you plant in it. It'll return whatever you plant. Right. And what I love about my life, and they say every adversity brings with it the seed of an equivalent advantage. I got to witness just by changing my thoughts, what I was thinking about all day long, I changed my results. Right. Yeah, I, it's true of anyone, right? It's completely true. Yeah, I think it's genius. And I'm excited that you've been able to turn this from a passion into a business and that you can support. And there's people like, it's not just mortgage people. So you have mortgage people, yes, because that's your background and you have a successful mortgage business, but you also have people from all walks of life, correct? That are, yeah. that are part of your community. Yeah, and that's what's beautiful about it too. I've got all walks of life. I've got all different age groups. I think my youngest is a 17-year-old. My oldest is 72, I think. I've got a 64-year-old man who's quit drinking after 40-some-odd years of trying and not been able to do it. He's been sober now for a year and a half almost, I think. He's rekindled relationships with one of his daughters that, you know, unfortunately didn't get to walk down the aisle at her wedding years ago. And, you know, they have a beautiful relationship now. I've got lawyers who are starting up a firm that are looking to franchise I've got stay-at-home moms who lost their sense of identity and purpose, staying home for 10 years, who have gone out and started a business. So, you know, people tend to say, oh, yeah, but, you know, I don't know if I fit in. I don't have big goals. Well, if you don't have a goal, you're just drifting. You need a goal. But that's not to say your goal has to be earning a million dollars, right? Your goal could be having peace of mind or financial freedom or exiting an abusive relationship. I've had a lot of that as well. It's just right. becoming aware. Becoming aware of information that you need to, one, get to know yourself better, understand the laws of our thinking, the laws of our being, the laws of nature. You know, there's principles of success that are true for you, that are true for me, that are true for everyone. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, what everybody comes away with is that knowing that we're all the same. Our mind works exactly the same way. It's just our programming that's different. Yeah. If you think about the garden metaphor, what I like about what you're doing to the community aspect is that we're planting seeds in our mind, but so are other people. Yeah. So is our community. So is the, you know, negative mortgage broker that hates his life. That's telling you that this is a terrible industry and that you should go find another job at Subway. They're planting seeds in your head too. And so by being part of a community where you guys are all focused on growth, on, you know, improving on taking ownership, it changes things because it normalizes it for you. Right it's much easier to change in community than it is on your own. Like bottom line, all the studies indicate that. There was something I heard on the call actually the other day, I, I noted it down somebody shared with it, but it was basically this idea that we find a way to talk about what we hate. Like it unites us. we have this sense of togetherness because we're all complaining about the same thing. Hating the same thing brings us together. And that tends to happen in our industries, right? Mortgage business, one person starts talking about the underwriter and how they didn't do this and do that and how the deal fell apart and how clients did. And everybody starts getting on board with sharing their negative story about the industry. And what we don't understand really is, yeah, you're planting seeds and 
you're giving energy to what you don't want. Stop talking about what you don't want. What's key about what you said, we've been programmed to live through our senses. So we've got these antennas right here, see, smell, taste, and touch. All that, it brings information into our conscious mind where we're given cause for thinking. There's a book by Viktor Frankl called it Man's Search for Meaning. A yeah, Jewish I've read that book a few times. Great Unbelievable, book. right? Yeah. So now you know, if anybody ever tells you, yeah, but Scott, you don't understand. I did this, or I got that, or he did this, or he's not doing that. You have the ability to choose your thoughts. So Viktor Frankl, as you know, in the book says, they took everything from me, right? They took my family, my assets. They even took my name. They subjected me to the most horrible, horrendous things. You wouldn't even do that to an insect, never mind a human being. He said, the one thing they couldn't take from me was my freedom to choose what I wanted to think about, my freedom of choice to think. We can choose what we want to think no matter what. It's not to say it's easy. It's not to say you don't have good reason and justified to, you know, stay where you're at in terms of maybe somebody's doing something to you that, but we have to really get our power as I'm going to say it, God's highest form of creation that we can choose our thoughts. We have free will. And so this information that comes into our conscious mind, it's just there. It just is energy is right. Science tells us everything just is that's all there is to it. So this information comes in and it just is. And then by the way that we think we make it what it is. Right. By the way, I perceive something. We, we are meaning creators. And there's this great concept in NLP. We take information, we delete, distort, and generalize. So all information comes in and we filter it. I did a post on my Facebook. I said, I believe in mandatory vacations. And I was like, let's see what people see when they read that. And sure enough, there were people going off about vaccinations because they didn't see vacation. They saw vaccination. And they were ranting on the post. And I was sitting back going, Here's a perfect example of people delete, distort, and generalizing information. And even when somebody went back later and said, hey, wait a second, he didn't say what you thought he said. He said vacations because they were so committed to that line of thinking. They were still arguing it. It's like, nobody's arguing with you. I'm not talking about vaccinations. I'm talking about vacations. But our minds are always looking for what we tell it to look for. If we tell it to look for all the problems, the you know, underwriter issues, the challenges, you're going to find all of it. Your brain is powerful at that. So say, where's the opportunity? Where's the solution? Where's the angle that someone else hasn't seen? You program it to look for that. That's what you'll find. And this is why I say it all comes back to mindset. It's absolutely the critical thing. Yeah. And so we understand that and the gravity of it and how it plays out in all aspects of our lives, right? And because it's that thinking that causes your behavior that gets the result that you get. You can't see solutions if you're tuned into obstacles and problems. Looking and, for problems. Yeah, yeah, you can't see abundance opportunity if you're tuned into scarcity, right? And lack and limitation. There's a difference between wishing for a thing and being ready to receive it. No one is ready for a thing until he believes he can acquire it. The state of mind must be belief, not mere hope or wish. And here it is, Scott. Open-mindedness is essential for belief. Closed minds do not inspire faith, courage, and belief. I think in order for us to keep an open mind, we got to get that we have the ability to choose. Give me the information. Tell me everything. And then I'll choose what I think I agree with most, you know, what I'm in harmony with. People tend to close their mind and then they spend countless hours defending their point of view, 
even if they know they're wrong, they continue to defend it. And this isn't about the vaccination thing, but how we interpret things and then how we take a stance on things, right? It's unbelievable. It's interesting to see. We don't see the world as it is. We see it as we are. And so we get to program what we are. And that comes from what you put into your mind on a daily basis and a morning routine of some kind, a wake-up call. I know there's people listening to this that will literally a year from now of being plugged into your community are going to be like, why didn't I do that sooner? Do it as a community. Do the community thing. It's going to absolutely, it will transform you, I think, more than most other things you can do because it's a multiplier effect. So, dude, I'm excited about what you're doing. I hope that you're like the next Robin Sharma. I'll be like, I remember when Joe was like that. Remember that Joe guy? And you'll be like, yeah, because you're changing lives. And I think it's fantastic. And if you guys are listening, I'm just telling you, seriously, go check it out. Mindset is absolutely critical. And it's essential for you to live your best life and also to have the impact you want to have. And um, yeah, that's all I got to say with that. So, Joe, thanks, brother. And go to joetromboli.com, right? Check them out. Yes, sir. And maybe we'll have you back again at some point and uh, chat with folks. And we'll get into more, a bit deeper stuff into the mindset. Yeah, Scott, if I can, I'll just say a couple words about you. Like what you're doing here, providing this information, bringing guests on, you're coming from a place of giving, providing service. You're coming from a place of service. And, you know, I know it's already coming back to you, but it'll continue to come. And I can't thank you enough for coming on and standing behind this. I know you get it. And uh, I can't thank you enough for bringing me on, man. I'm looking forward to doing more with you. I hope people listening go and check this out because I'm telling you, this is something you need to do. So it's awesome. And I love it. So good on you, Joe. Talk. We'll get you on a pep talk soon, man. Happy to do it. Okay. Hey, thanks again for listening to that conversation with Joe. Hopefully you found it inspiring. I know I love that Joe has this unique focus on mindset, which I think is under focused on in our mortgage industry. So if you want to go check out what he's got, his wake up program, wake up call, go to joetromboli.com. The link is in the show notes and type in Peckford 30. That's Peckford 30 with three zero and it's all caps for Peckford and you get a 30 day free trial in this upcoming segment I talked to Paul Campbell from Magenta about rural and small center lending hey Paul welcome back to the show hey Scott glad to be back man so hey let's talk about you know the rural and small town lending because a lot of times especially when you're talking about some alternative stuff the small towns and rural areas tend to not get a lot of love so when you guys at Magenta are looking at rural, what do you guys mean by that? Like what kind of stuff will you guys look at? So, you know what, it's interesting you say that because everybody is pretty much in the urban centers. So the Londons, the Kitcheners, the Waterloos, the Cambridges. And I mean, I get it, those properties are great, but there's a lot of great gems that are in the small centers and the rural centers too. And when we try to go out to the small centers and entertain those deals what we're looking for typically is you know population of a thousand people and it's just got to be located about 45 minute commute from one of our urban centers okay so give me an example of a place that would be outside one of your urban centers that people may not initially think of okay so i mean when i'm thinking small centers if you're like in the london region you know we'll entertain a dorchester dorchester is you know just population slightly over 3,000, a little off the beaten path for many, but for us, you know, we'd be more than happy to entertain a property from Dorchester. So, okay, if I've got a client that's outside of one of these centers, how do you determine, like, if they fit within your guys, that 45-minute commute? More or less what we look at, Scott, is 
you know, we have an interactive map on our website and we drive everyone to using that. Now, if you go to that map, you have the ability to key in the area that you're looking for. And what that does is it more or less just explains or shows you if the property is covered in that magenta hue and that's a property that we'll entertain. So the best bet is to use our interactive map. If not, then definitely reach out to your internal account manager and have that conversation. And it might be something that, you know, we actually do a deep dive on and get you some answers. Okay, awesome. And then in terms of the zero population limit, what's too small? Too small is anything less than a thousand people. That's a little bit too small. And it's important to point out that if you're on our website, you will notice a list of our small centers. And, you know, we couldn't account for every little small town. So there are some towns that you will locate on the map that may not be on our list necessarily, but it doesn't mean that we won't entertain those areas. If they have a population of a thousand minimum, that's pretty much what we're looking for in terms of what we'll at least start to entertain. Right. Okay. And then, so a couple other places that we were looking as I pull these up, like, so a place like Grimsby, if you're not from Ontario, I don't know what that is, but that will be a, a location you guys would look at. Yeah. Grimsby is a great area. It's an up and coming area. It's just outside of Hamilton. And, you know, there's been a lot of development there in recent years. So that's definitely a place that we would entertain because we like the direction that it's heading in. Right. Okay. And in these areas, what does your max loan to value look like? So max loan value for us in small centers, we will go 85. Okay. The starting rate on that is at 414. And if it's rural, we'll go 85 in rural, but the starting rate on that is at 4.64. So again, everything is priced based on risk and then property location, or, you know, you make adjustments for that. So your rates can be a little bit higher. And then will you guys look at a no doc in those areas? No doc is not going to be entertained in the small centers or the rural areas. We're looking for typically verifiable to stated in both areas, just because, as you mentioned, you know, risk appetite is not the highest. I don't know many lenders that are in this space with us in terms of at 85% LTV mm-hmm. in rural and small center. So we're kind of unique that way. But again, you know, we want to make sure that we mitigate any type of risk that's associated with these areas. And that's why the rates are what they are. And that's why the income verification is somewhat lessened because we just want to ensure that the covenant is strong and we're comfortable that there's going to be payments being made on these properties. Right. Yeah. Ultimately, that's how you guys make your money. So now what would you not cover? So sometimes there's some unusual property types in smaller areas. So what kind of things would you guys not look at? Well, you know, so we went to market not that long ago with a newsletter and we informed people that, hey, if you have properties in the small centers or if you have rural properties, we'd like to entertain those. And my inbox filled up pretty much within about 15 to 20 minutes of that blast going out. And you know what? I had a fun day reading all the different scenarios. So one that stuck out to me, because we do rural properties, but to clarify, when I say rural, we're thinking well in septic, right? So if it's 70 acres, it's got a barn, it's got a hobby farm, things of that nature, we're not really looking to entertain that. It's really just more of the properties again, 45 minutes from one of our urban centers, and they're on well and septic. We consider that rural. But I did have a funny story where a broker reached out to me and said, hey, I've got this rural property. Would you entertain it? I said, I'm going to need some details. And she sent it to me. It was 120 acres. And on the property, there was a helicopter pad. And, <laughs> and I tried to explain that that's a little too rural for us. 
And she said, hey, you know what? I don't even think the helicopter pad is fully functional. I don't think anyone uses it. And I said, I don't think the issue is the helicopter pad. I think it's the other 150 acres that you're asking me about. So I got a good chuckle out of that one. Right. Everybody has a land helicopter landing pad in my town. (laughs) 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 I was looking that up. I was like, oh, like that's an unusual thing to have on property would be a landing pad for a helicopter. I mean, you know your money when you put your helicopter landing pad in. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. So basically you're looking for marketable properties, but hey, if a broker is listening to this and they got these outside areas, they have probably more options than they realize. Right. Absolutely. I mean, and, we want to hear the scenarios. We want to have that conversation with you. You know, it's always solution first with Magenta. That's the mantra. That's the thinking is we're solution based. And, you know, if we don't know the story, we can't come up with a solution. So I would urge anybody who's listening to this, please reach out to myself, reach out to your internal account managers and have the conversation about these properties, because you never know, there might be a deal there that we're able to facilitate. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So, and if a broker's listening to this, how do they get a hold of you guys? They can reach us at brokers at magentainvestment.ca. That's investment with no S. No S. Okay, guys. Yeah. I love the creative solutions you guys have for brokers and even expanding out into these smaller markets. So it's awesome, Paul, that you guys are doing this. So guys, if you listen to this, check out brokers at magentainvestment.ca and we'll be chatting with you on the next Ask the Experts. Awesome, man. I can't wait. All right. Thanks again for listening today and for my conversation with Joe as well as Paul. Hopefully you got a couple nuggets that were useful for you. Again, I strongly encourage you to go check out Joe Tromboli's website, joetromboli.com. You can go try a 30-day free trial of the wake-up call with Petford 30. Thanks again for listening to this episode. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.